First PSX. Now E3. Let's talk about that. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Back, and alongside me, your host for 85 of our 86, because I will never let him live it down, Mr. Sawbridge is bringing you guys, apparently, unlucky 86. Oh, well, it's not unlucky, Saw. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But apparently I've succeeded. I'm going to have another stomach <clears throat> virus next week, just because of that. <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll just stay at 85. I'll retire. I'm done. <laughs> All right, guys, this is going to be the last official episode. No. Anyway, if this is your first time joining us, <clears throat> excuse me, this is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Like we said, you can find us in video format every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST on YouTube. If you like what we're doing over there, subscribe. Hit the bell button. Keeps you up to date with when our videos hit every Monday, like we said, minimum. Uh, and then, of course, we have bonus episodes we do occasionally. Like, uh, still debating on whether we're going to have time to be relevant with our red dead spoiler cast uh but we're gonna we're, we're gonna figure that one out slowly but if you want to listen to us in audio format as well you can find us on uh soundcloud spotify these days google play music itunes if you listen to us on itunes and you like what we're doing consider giving us a review helps get our numbers up there helps people find us and helps people know what we do and that you like and what we do that you don't like and of course it helps us as well know how to shape the show for the future you can find us on facebook at the triangle square to playstation podcast group where you can talk to us there at least me because saul doesn't have a facebook uh proud of you though because almost everybody does so you're in the minority good yeah, it's a you, trash website. You know, look, you're you're you are the one percent, Saul. You're part of the problem. Uh, anyway, uh, you can also find us on Discord, which we have in the link below for here, and you can find us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD, which is where we go and post things like the custom cases we make. I'm trying to bleed that over into Facebook as much as possible. It's just newer, so I'm not quite used to that. Uh, and of course, we ask for reader mail questions across both of those platforms as well. So, with that being said, one thing that I want to mention because. <clears throat> If people who are newer to us don't know, we typically do the show in a sense where we tease the main topic in the beginning before the intro, and then we go on about the whole show, and then we end the show with the main topic. Uh, we have been looking into that and whether we would want to change that. So I'm going to take this opportunity to say, if you've listened to the show for a long time and you would like to see that change, let us know. If you like the way it is, also let us know. We're just kind of taking ideas into account so that we know with some other stuff that we have planned, there are going to be some big changes, whether we want to do all of that at once and potentially change the way that the show rolls. But with that being said, Saul, it's been a good week for the most part, busy, but what have you been up to? I know that we played Destiny a couple times together, so I know we can both knock out that we played Destiny. Um, but is it the same as last week, just Destiny and Red Dead again? Yeah, pretty much. I Actually, I haven't played Red Dead at all this week. <clears throat> Man, at all? Yeah, Blake is going to be... Blake's crying. Extremely disappointed in me. He's crying going, I just wanted a spoiler cast. Yeah, I got to chapter three, and I told you last week before Reader Mail, or yep. the week before, um, that it got spoiled for me thanks to somebody putting stuff in a YouTube oh, thumbnail. Oh, yeah. So and did that kind of sour you on wanting to play it? Kind of. It's more so that I'm addicted to Destiny, but now there's an aspect of that story that we knew was going to happen. And now well, it has to right right to lead into one right. So now there are details about exactly what happened, and then there's there's other stuff about it that I was not expecting, um, and it really ruined it on me in a weird way. But like I'm gonna go back and play it soon. It's just 
when that happens, it's almost like Persona 5 whenever I forgot to save and I got like all the way through the first dungeon and then died at the end. I had to redo everything. I'm just like, oh, uh, I'll do this in like a month instead. Like, I don't want to like go do this again right now. It probably won't be a month. I'll probably start playing it again sometime this weekend, perhaps. But, but it really you just need depends. A little small break. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you say like, you know, as far as story goes, we know something was going to happen. Because I mentioned it the other day when I was doing the uh, Uncharted case giveaway. And someone was talking about Elena and wanting her to be in a game and maybe even see a prequel for her. But one thing I was talking about with prequels that always end up kind of being a shame is that you ultimately know the fate of every character if they if they're already in the franchise prior to this prequel because of the fact that oh I know I'll see him later so it makes the sense of danger and and legitimate wonder go away uh, when you do prequels for a character that and you see a character you're like oh it's nice that they're here but like in Red Dead. I don't know that they do this, and I, they probably don't because it would be so like pointless because everyone would know if they played the first game or if they even know the first game existed and that he was a character. But you know, you can't have a spot in Red Dead uh, Two since it is a prequel in which John has some kind of trouble that you really would care about because in the end you would just know he lives. Right. So you can't really play off that peril just like you really couldn't do that too. Like one of the things that's been great about Uncharted is you kind of know in the back of your head, like, well, they have no reason to kill him, but as long as the stories are still moving forward, they could kill him at any time and just, just to surprise us. But when it happens as a prequel, it's like, there's no way that I can actually die because the rest of the games would no longer happen. So it's just kind of a, it's, it doesn't make prequels worse necessarily, but I think it does make prequels stand out less when people play them. And because of the fact that the weight of the story is somehow hampered by the existence of the following stories. Yeah. And I think that there, that's a problem. And, and there's a few prequels that I've watched that actually do it right or, or played in a video game even. And just because the nature of a prequel has that element of predictability in it, that you know what's going to happen, you know elements of these characters going to make it obviously. That's why I'm telling you to watch uh, Better Call Saul, because there are characters in it that you are familiar with that you wouldn't expect to be in it, and they are different. And mm-hmm. you, and they're there. And they're, yeah, you, you see them use... one way in Breaking Bad, and then yeah. you see how they are in this. And it, it obviously is going to tell you the story of what happened to them, or or shine a light on why they were like this in Breaking Bad. Mm. So that's and I love Breaking Bad. That's in my top three. Breaking Bad, Scrubs, The Office. Like that's where you go. That's where I go for TV. It's shows. It's funny that you mentioned TV shows because what I was going to actually say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that film has kind of found a way to subvert this by uh, to an extent. And games could, and uh, games may have, and I'm just not thinking clearly on an example. But am I remembering right that in Prometheus, no one was aware of the fact that it was an alien prequel until the end of the movie? And they were like, oh, wait. I don't think so. I think that Prometheus was always known to be in the alien universe. And even now with what the ending was of Prometheus plus... I didn't watch Prometheus. So that's why I don't know for sure. I just remember hearing things about it. What's so. the other movie called? Covenant, right? Alien Covenant? Yeah. Is that is it Alien Covenant or just Covenant? No, it's Alien Covenant. Okay. The newest one they did. Yeah, so like they're both not great movies in my opinion, especially in the Alien franchise. They're pretty 
bad movies. Um, but as they pertain to what we're talking about, are they yeah. prequels or what happens with them? I mean, somewhat. They try to make loose ends um, going to... I think Covenant was supposed to be a prequel in terms of how it got onto the ship that Ridley was on, right? I don't... Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember Covenant and I've watched it almost twice now. That's sad. Yeah. All right. Well, we're so, not a movie podcast, but if you want to get more of that point out, then you can roll through it. But yeah, or I just if, think or it's if, funny. Or if you want just a general off-topic podcast where you sit around and talk about movies, TV shows, and all that good stuff and video games, let us know. That is something that... We'll uh, live stream that. Tell yeah. Us, tell us you want it. We'll yeah. live stream it. Probably, we'll probably in a when when the changes happen. But Yeah, who anyway. knows? All right, well, cool. That's what I've been playing, too, essentially. Except for I have been playing Red Dead, and actually far more this week than I had prior. So I'm in Chapter 4 now. I've moved through two chapters as long as it took me to move through two alone uh, in terms of week spans, not like actual hours played. I just... You know, yeah. I I don't not not a hit too, but it's a slog in the sense that it's meant to be slow, which is not necessarily a problem, but it's also so tutorial heavy. And again, that comes from a game being full of crap. Uh, and I don't mean crap in a derogatory sense, but more of it's just got so much to do that they kind of have to show you at some point in time where things are. Even though I would actually argue that fishing never needed to be shown because they never had to put fishing in the story. Now they, you, they do. And they utilize it to try and give you somber moments with characters. So I can appreciate that. Well, and I know but, you never played one, uh, or I, mean, I played, you played a little bit of one. Did six you hours of one, I guess. Did you get the relevance of that very first fishing submission with uh Jack? Yeah, no. Okay. I'm not going to say much on air. I'll tell you after the, I'll tell you after. Yeah. I don't remember. Just much in case somebody goes either. back. So, um, uh, I thought that was really interesting. What happened specifically there, but, um, okay. I guess, should I hop into the drop? Yeah. Um, or did you, did you play some more? No, that's it. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I played anything else. Yeah, I'm good. Go ahead. I did through. download. Um... Oh, why is it escaping me all of a sudden? So you downloaded something, but you didn't play it? Yeah, I downloaded. Um... I can't think of the surname. It's a this guy I gave on PS Vita. <laughs> On Vita? Yeah. Uh, Absence of Justin? Yeah, that's exactly or, what it I, is. I think it's renamed, but it's this guy 3. Yeah. That game is so good. It is. And like, I, So I plan on going back and playing that a little bit throughout this week because I figure uh, between that and getting Pokemon today or tomorrow, uh, I need a good couch game to help correlate with Better Call Saul. So okay. I got it's going to work that's out. something that you can be a little less, be this turn-based, you can be a little less hands-on with. Yeah, both of them can kind of have that. Or focus-wise. You can split focus a little easier on something that gives you... So when something's going down, I can look away and not have to worry about like what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So it works out well. Okay, cool. But for those that don't know, the drop is this week's PlayStation's releases across all platforms. First up on the list, we have Actung. Cthulhu Tactics for PS4, Battlefield 5 for PS4, Beat Saber for PSVR, Bendy and the Ink Machine for PS4. I love that art style for Bendy and the Ink Machine. It's Very been a PC reminiscent. game for a while, so I've seen a lot of stuff of it, but I like it. It's just a... It, it's a reminiscent between Disney and Cuphead to me. Yeah, I can see that. Boxing Apocalypse for PSVR, Crow the Legend for PS4, Farming Simulator 2019 for PS4, Flashback for PS4, Gundaminiums for PS4. Gundamin- Gundamonium. Gundamoniums, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Turf Wars for PS4. Hold up, hold up. Did they do that last time? Did they put the DLC on the drop? Because they normally don't, I thought. Is this a standalone? I, mean, I would imagine can, no, not. No, you can't buy them standalone. They're still part of the game. That'd be weird. weird. If they're starting to work in DLC, then that's going to make this way more interesting. What's even more weird is it's not listed as DLC anywhere. Even in the description, it doesn't notice that it's, or it doesn't mention it's DLC. Uh-huh, weird. weird. Mecha Wars, D- Desert Ashes for PS4 and PS Vita. This is a cross-buy title. Mm-hmm. Slay Away Camp, Butcher's Cut for PS Vita. feel like this has been on here before, so maybe for PS4. Maybe. 
Squishies for PSVR, Storm Boy for PS4, Titanic, Titanic. That's not a, that's not the name. Titanic VR, which is actually very interesting. You get to go. I hope it's about the movie, and you get to you get to be Jack, or you get to be the girl. I'm flying, Jack. You the, know? There is a there's there. <laughs> a really good like on Windows 98 or 2000 or XP some computer version of Titanic that was a point and click notary style game that was really good. Oh, they, like you rolled through like a text adventure, basically? It wasn't a text oh, adventure, not a text but adventure, it, was, but... it was literally like a, a scene with objects that you click and stuff to figure out. I can't remember what so the story an adventure was about. Game, a, a, a traditional adventure game, essentially. Yeah, but it was notary games, like where you there was an image and you clicked on the image and that was it. And then a text came up. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that, I don't really classify that because you don't move a character. Uh, okay. I still think it falls closer to that than anything, but I guess I'll give you a visual you know, novel is, is what I'm going to anyway, just, you know, they make it so real that when you hit the iceberg in Titanic, you die with it. And that's just, you know, and last up on the list, we have, unfortunately YouTubers life for PS4. I saw that. What, what is that? Probably a YouTube simulation game. <laughs> Simulating YouTube. Well, I hate to tell you guys, but simulating YouTube is just crushing defeat of looking at numbers far too often. So, there you go. Realism. <laughs> That's why we don't do that anymore. We kind of just go, oh, hey, cool, we got a new subscriber. Yeah, hey, we'll, thank we'll, you. We'll take it. <laughs> so, Brett, why don't you lead us into the news? Man, too bad I don't have like a cool thing I can say to... You know, into the news. You know, I can't, I can't hop into the drop or drop into the hop or. You know. I don't know if I said that. Did you tell me to hop into the drop? I don't know what I said anymore because Saul, it's just been so long. And it's a running joke that I feel like they're both ingrained in my head to say to you. So it's okay. First things first, and I'm going to save that towards the end. Yeah, so we'll, I was going to say don't get that. silly with that one. So first things first is Cliff Blazinski. The creator of Gears of War and more recently Lawbreakers and Radical Heights, uh, which was that very short-lived uh, Battle Royale game that they did, recently claimed via Twitter that he was done making video games, and this tweet came in response to someone asking for a refund for Lawbreakers since the company folded. Here's what's interesting about this. That's a good reason. In jest, sure, you can say that as a joke, but realistically speaking, Lawbreakers is out for a long time. People paid for it. There's no reason to get a refund on a game just because a company folded. It happens all the time. That's like essentially asking for a movie company that well, you bought you you paid for a movie. The company who made the movie went under. It's a little different because well, yeah, you can't continue say, to play you, Lawbreakers. That's that is the biggest thing. Yeah, so you you're, lo- you're locked out of the game at that point. But that happens on all online only games. There's a date. Eventually, where I mean, you can't trade those in a GameStop either. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about Lawbreakers because it only came physically via. The well, no, no, you, well, you just you specified online only. If oh, something yeah, was can... like to happen, you couldn't take the physical disc to GameStop. They would stop taking those games. Yeah, I get what you mean. So your value gotcha. is essentially gone. I get what it's you the mean. Same, yeah, it's the same situation if it's physical or digital. At that point, yeah. Now this is a weird situation where, of course, this is a game that didn't live as long as they would have hoped. But I think it's just one of those things where there are people that have bought other games that ended up having the servers cut off uh, when they when they eventually made drawn uh, to death uh, a paid game even though they gave it for free for plus there is a there you know that there are some people that just bought the game outright with money and then that server's already down a year later it's essentially you take a risk on any time you buy a game that's online only and i think that risk is that you're not going to get a return of investment that's going to last as long as you had hoped and that's just what you do so i, I think it was a little unfounded and it was interesting um to, to kind of see how that went down and he was talking about the fact that he didn't take a salary for himself for like Did two you see years. the his ex employee call him out on that? Yeah, he said months. Apparently months have gotten shorter in my retirement. And then, and then he said, Well, months was a hyper- uh, hyperbole. And I'm like, uh, 
I don't think that was a hyperbole. You got called out, then you're like, oh, okay. Well, to be fair, I know a lot of people who use the word, like, who use months when they're just talking because they're trying to just be. His severance pay was three weeks. Sure. So even one month is, at that point yeah. is a bad you're hyperbole. Not even a month. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad hyperbole. And I wonder if it broke down differently between different employees based off of you know time there or something. Because even then, that's that's kind of fair. Tenure matters a little bit to an extent. So if yeah. he was only there long enough to work on Radical Heights itself, but didn't do anything on Lawbreakers, I don't know. Uh, this is obviously just saying if he wasn't there as long as others, if he kind of did a tiered severance package based off of how long you'd been with the company, that would have been reasonable. But we, these are things we don't know. I just think it's interesting because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you know for sure I'm wrong, hasn't Cliff gone on to say that he wasn't going to make games anymore before? Wasn't that essentially what happened after Gears 3? I'm pretty sure that happened after Gears 3, and I'm pretty sure it happened after Lawbreakers to begin with. And then and then Radical Heights came out of nowhere. I don't know. This I, feel like, I feel like I remember seeing, oh, that was a short <sighs> retirement jokes when Radical Heights was uh, becoming a thing, being advertised. I don't know. Well, to be fair, he did say they were working on, whenever he came out with that Boss Key Productions letter, he said they were working on something else behind the scenes, but not Lawbreakers. Uh, so that was Radical Heights, and it came very quickly. Uh, but even then, I think this is interesting because, look, he, he's a guy who got an ego that got too big, and there's been jokes going around for years about his ego. Uh, and that really happened after Gears 1 was just a literal smashing success. And when you think about that, it's like, dude, Gears is, Gears is a cool universe, and it was a good game for a lot of people on 360, and it carried to 360. It was a big game. It really seriously was. He had hands in Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. The guy has a long history of making the same genre of game essentially which Gears of War was a little more a little different but he does make a lot of games that are founded by their success is founded in the fact that they're shooters and their third person area shooters uh, are really unreal as first person so i guess you can give him still arena shooters are kind of his area of expertise and then he moved into gears but i think the guy is obviously he has talent i, I think that sometimes because of how big he got he was losing the forest for the trees and that's possible. I, I do think what you just I did, boy. I did. I did that on purpose too, because I, I was specifically not watching that trailer, and I did not know anything about it. <laughs> well, guess what? I got spoiled in my own news segment. <laughs> so there is a bit of Kingdom Hearts news I just deleted out that uh, I will that we will not be reporting on. For those that are trying to keep the world secret like I am, and then I saw the picture in Discord the other day, I'm like, what does that say? And I was like, oh, that's the list of all the worlds. Back, 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 back. Get out of this Discord. <laughs> Okay, next thing up, uh, during a recent financial call for CD Projekt Red, the developer behind The Witcher, uh, and of course the upcoming Cyberpunk, the CEO talked about Cyberpunk 2077's interest far exceeding what they experienced with The Witcher and went on to say that the game's development is progressing fast. Uh, just for those who weren't aware, they, they talked about it and it turns out to have been true, but the game's campaign was fully playable back when they showed it at Gamescom 2018, uh, so just a couple months back. Um, and despite the game being fully playable, of course, the rest of the game that was outside of the demo area wasn't as polished. Right. Uh, so as far as the game goes, it looks like there's we could... I don't want to say we can get it any time, but development's going to a point where the fact that he can play through a campaign from start to finish is a good I would aspect. think late, ne late next year. I'm wondering, man. Definitely with all this stuff going on. But we'll continue to talk about that as we get more towards this main topic and how that makes us think about other stuff that we've one talked of, about. One in, of the main topics. Sure. Uh, anyway, they are still concerned with a final big policing phase that they consider hugely important, important to set aside time for. So that's good. Even when they get to the point where everything is more or less finished. It's good to see companies talk about that because I feel like... Even though I've had a very unlucky strain of... Uh, and it makes sense of the type of game. But I've had a very 
unlucky strain of glitches in Red Dead that it just annoyed the hell out of me. It heard you talking mess before it came out, and it was like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, I didn't say anything bad about that game before it came out is what makes me mad. You just weren't as excited. The game was like, I'll teach you to not be as excited about me as the general populace of gaming. Uh, anyway, it was just one of those interesting things. And speaking of Red Dead, it's funny you talk about that. They actually finished off by saying that CD Projekt Red strives to make games as refined as Red Dead Redemption 2 and are happy to see such detailed games doing well in the market. That makes sense because if you think about who they who they're most akin to in terms of people who make games, I think that, like I say before, they've out Bethesda, Bethesda in a lot of ways. Bethesda still has more interactive worlds in the sense of you can interact with more individual items and characters potentially, but to the detriment of how deep each of those encounters feel. Whereas in the Witcher three, and I know it's not a game that you love, but the characters you do get to interact with are far more deep. Uh, and I do remember that from the times mm-hmm. I played it. And I do like, there's, there's an attention to detail in that game that is almost only comparable at this point in this current generation to Red Dead, right? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Rockstar games in general. Yeah. Because even if you want to count in Grand Theft Auto V, Grand Theft Auto V was pretty amb- ambitious for PS3. So, of course, playing it on PS4, it still felt like, when they ported it, a decidedly next-gen game. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto mm. V still has that effect on me that it did at launch, in which, if I'm ever playing it and I'm walking around the city... There are random NPCs that walk by and have full-fledged conversations with randoms and each other and you. And it's like, man, somebody coded this in, recorded these voice lines, set these character models up, and then made random intervals in the game in which this happens. And, and it's in a game that is, it's not the best-looking game in the world, but it's it's one of the biggest open-world games. And to be, you know, that big, to look that good, and to have that kind of, like, I, I just want to say, like, immersion... It's it's still one of those things that's like wow, and that's one of the reasons I was mainly excited for Red Dead. And Red Dead does the same thing. It's even yeah, it's even more renowned in Red Dead. Yeah, and what's crazy is I actually finally had that moment in Red Dead where the illusion broke for me completely because I was so impressed when you're at the beginning of the game and you're going around the small towns and every building can be entered. Yeah, and without having to load, I was like, this is amazing. And then I got to a big city, so many buildings you can't There's get so, into. Have you been? To, well, never mind. I'm not gonna. Say, we'll we'll talk about it. After Saint Denis is where I'm at. That's okay. That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Yeah, I hear good things about that place. So, but it's sad because that was where I finally realized, I was like, I can't go into the majority of these buildings, <laughs> and that's sad. Did you Did you listen to me before you got to chapter four? Oh, what about the save? No. Okay, I don't remember this. So you probably won't do it anyways. Nah, whatever. There, there's There's a tip just to uh, uh, help it, with trophies. Well, help with just general gameplay is just a or not gameplay, but a general like replayability factor. I'm gonna do air quotations for that. Okay, is to make a hard save in chapter three that you can go back to when you need to. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not replaying this game. See, that's what I. That's what I, I, I realized. I don't I was have time talking about to replay it. this game. That's true. I, I barely it. have time to play this game anyway. Um, <clears throat> next thing up, and this is pretty cool. So I feel like you'll like this since you've already ran through one of these. But PlayStation and Astro have announced the new elite style controller in the way of the C40TR. Uh, the pad will feature replaceable slash swappable stick modules that allow users to set the sticks and the D-pad up uh, in either an offset configuration, so that's more like the uh, Nintendo Switch and the Xbox where you have one analog down and one analog up, uh, or you can go towards the more traditional D-pad up in that corner and the uh, parallel sticks. <clears throat> 
I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the sticks caps can be replaced to account for wear. So that way, if you're one of those people that runs through the, the DualShock 4 sticks often, you can just buy new sticks and st- slap the sticks on. That's also a cool idea. I like that. And I don't think I've seen any of, any other of the uh, pro controllers or whatever you want to call them um, do that. The Xbox One can. Oh, yeah. I, I've been on the PlayStation side. Too, oh, okay. Too. Yeah. I, unless one of the new Razer ones can, because I haven't looked into those that much. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Well, next thing up. <clears throat> excuse me. There are two integrated rear buttons that are fully remappable directly from the controller, which is cool. Uh, trigger stops in the back. Wired and wireless modes, of course. Uh, wired for people that want to cut down on the latency for competitive play. A software for PC to adjust trigger and stick sensitivity. Dead zones and profiles that you can make that you can actually apply to the controller and switch between them on the controller without having to reconnect to the computer. That's also a cool idea. Uh, the controller claims... <clears throat> damn. Damn. A 12-hour battery life and includes a carrying case as well. This all comes in at $199.99, so $200, uh, with release aiming for early 2019. So if you want that, go after it. Big price, but I'm one of those rare PlayStation users that think that the Xbox has better analogs in terms of dur- like where they're on the controller. I like the, di- I like the diagonal analogs better than the uh, just the one side-by-side. So I, I know. It's, it's one I've, of those things that I'm not paying for, but I had the uh, Nacon Revolution and Pro Controller. And wasn't that one like 130 It was 150 So for $50 more to have the ability to switch them at your leisure? You know what? You're selling me on this controller. <laughs> I already got the, the Astro headset. I might as well complete the Astro well, set. And I, that's another thing. is I think doing the Astro name is really good for them. Because here's the thing. The Nacom I get is a fine controller. I've Who never knows? heard of Nacom yeah. beforehand. Yeah. I, like I, Razer, of course, was a big name to pull in. Mainly from PC peripherals, too, which is crazy. Sure. But um, Astro is known for their headsets in terms of quality. Uh, you'll see more people talk bad about Turtle Beach or... You'll, or even Gen 1 PlayStation Golds before you hear anybody talk bad about Astro. I don't think I've heard a lot of negative stuff about Astro. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty their, synonymous from what I've understood in, in terms of talking with people and what I've seen with quality. I'll say on there, yeah, they're more higher-end headsets. I'm not the budgeter-friendly and, ones. I'm not too and sure. And price on. reflects that, to be fair, too. That so is we, true. In this situation, 199 don't get me wrong, it's a lot for a controller. It just is. But when you think about the fact that a DualShock 4 is essentially $70 anyway... What if you really, really want this and you are the person that this is aimed at in terms of a competitive or let's say that you share the console with somebody and this is somebody who used to be PlayStation or or used to be Xbox oriented and your PlayStation, you have the ability to easily configure the sticks as needed for both of you. These are, again, weird uses. Some cool cool little um, workarounds you can do and it actually can make it worth it for the extra 130 bucks if you have it. And then the spin. trigger stops being on the back where you can just pop them on or off. That's Because really I don't cool. think I've seen that on any of the other Pro Controllers. I don't. The Nacon had trigger stops, I think, but they were traditional where you have to put them in, right? No, Nacon had software trigger <clears> stops. <throat> Oh, so you could you could make a dead zone yeah. stop. So you could you could it still would pull the trigger all the way back, but you know you had to get to a point where you're used to the pressure. Yeah, that's it's a that's a weird, little, little weird. Still great controller in the end, sure. or by the end. All right, this one is going to be interesting because I think we both probably have a lot to say if we've already said a little bit of it, but PUBG's console exclusivity on Xbox is finally coming to an end with the game making its way to the PS4 on December 7th. It comes in at $30 for the base game, which is just crazy when you think about the fact that it's going against competition to it's Call of Duty. It's free on Xbox right now, isn't it? Uh, it's part of Games Pass. Yeah. That's what they did. They, they absorbed it into Games Pass. 
<clears throat> With that said, the sixty dollar survival uh, survivors digital edition includes the game alongside the survival pass, the Kindy. I don't know what that is. Twenty three hundred G coin pack and twenty thousand BP, whatever that is as well. The most expensive edition hits in for eighty nine ninety nine. Matching the Survivor's Edition in every way outside of increasing the G-Coin pack from 2300 to 6000 uh, Pre-orders for the game will net you a Nathan Drake Desert outfit, which is the one he featured in uh, Uncharted 3 when you're going through the end game, which is actually a really cool feature. I like when games at least do this because it's like, oh, well, there's a special reason at the same time. To be fair, PlayStation kind of makes him do this, where if the game comes later, they have to have some kind of item. Xbox does something very similar. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and that's that's actually one of the characters out of all the PlayStation franchises to match PUBG the most. And, in yeah, my in a stylistic sense. Yeah. Uh, you can also get Ellie's backpack, which also makes sense considering backpacks are already in the game. Uh, from The Last of Us, a PUBG avatar, and lastly, a theme of the Miramar map. Uh, I just think that, man, they, they took too long. They probably made a bit of a mistake trying to partner with Xbox, but the, and, and ter- instead of PlayStation in terms of by the time they did this, Fortnite was already in full roll and full steam, even when they partnered and came to Xbox. Now, here's the thing. They may have had a lot better of a chance of success if when they came to Xbox, they ran right. Instead, when they launched on Xbox, it felt it felt rushed. It ran worse on the X than it did on the base model, and it still ran poorly on the base model. And it's also just hard to do this thing where you're trying to justify a game being $30 when you have a free-to-play game that exceeds the quality, exceeds the amount in the in the... Um, what, what would you call it? The quickness of putting updates out because the quality updates are far bigger. The addition of maps and skins and items happen way quicker. And when there are problems, they patch them way quicker. These are things that PUBG, PUBG has struggled with since day one. And it's funny because it, it's really sad for them more than it is funny. It's they brought in this wave of the of the battleground games, and yet they are essentially of the biggest names of it. They are at the very bottom now. Well, and it's crazy, too, because for 30 more bucks, if you're looking for a Battle Royale game, get Call of Duty. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's so crazy to come in. I honestly think that they probably should have moved, definitely since, which I'm sure this was a, a move on Xbox's side to make the game still more attractive for Xbox players. But I think if PUBG were more smart, they would have actually tried and really pushed on either making this game very minimal cost, like even $10, or realistically moving to a free-to-play model. That way, the only differing factor, definitely if you can get your quality up to where you're doing more updates more quickly, if you can make it like that, then essentially what happens is Call of Duty is in a league of its own because it's a paid-to-play um battle royale game and then you have Fortnite and PUBG and essentially what will differentiate Fortnite and PUBG is based on whether people like the more cartoony building nature of pub of uh, Fortnite or if they want the more realistic-ish grittiness that PUBG offered in comparison because I remember you saying you liked Fortnite but you preferred the way that PUBG went about it's like yeah the, the gameplay style the, yeah the tacticalness of it really yeah instead of being a a quick third-person shooter that's more about well, building and, and... I mean, you know what I mean? It's PUBG, I can tell just by watching people play it. It's a, it's a far slower game. It's and a slower... It's a little bit of a slower game. All the interactions don't end up being the same or very similar. So it, it all, at least in my opinion, is, is better than Fortnite. But it's so poorly optimized. I can't imagine... They, they launched on Xbox with problems. I don't know what problems the Xbox One X still has, if any. Yeah, and I feel like I'm they're sure going to launch on PS4. Know. 
Yeah, so, with problems. Yeah, that, that's, that's what my I was getting fear. To, is that if the Xbox One X still have, has problems, the PS4 Pro certainly is, and then the OG model PS4, just no go. Don't don't do it. It's going to be an Not interesting setup to see. I I really. I'm, of course, they're going to survive throughout the end of the year, but I wonder how much longer PUBG will continue to be a relevant name outside of the fact that people hold on to them for being essentially the first Battle Royale game to hit the major market like this. Unless they have some kind of major turnaround here, I would say I'd give them six months to a year. Well, some point in time in, in winter, which gives them a decent bit of time, they have the new winter-based map coming. Uh, so... Yeah, that, but that's, that'll be four maps. I don't know how many. Again, there's more than that. They have to do more. I think some of that comes from a restructuring of what the game is because you can't be the only competition that's charging when your quality is not up to snuff. No. If you if you get yourself to a free to play basis, even without the quality jump, if people will still if that price barrier is gone, people will be more likely just to hop into it, and then they may even find, oh, you know what? It's a little more rough around the edges, but I like what it's doing more than what Fortnite was doing, and it's also free to play. So instead of playing Fortnite, me and my friends are going to move over to PUBG. It has to be the majority, though, for them to keep ahead in the water for now, and that's not going to be the majority. You mean the majority of people moving from Fortnite? Yes. I think that if they do it right and they monetize, because I think you can already monetize, essentially, when you think about what these G-Coin packs and stuff are, they already have loot boxes and stuff like that, which essentially, don't get me wrong, it may not be something I love, but with a game like Fortnite that's updated quite often and has a big following, it's obvious that it's a business model that works. That's essentially what it comes down to. I don't have to agree with it or care or participate in it to be able to look at it and go, clearly, this is working on a level for a lot of people, and... It's like you say sometimes when a game is cheap enough and you have the opportunity to spend money on it to show your appreciation for it. People sometimes do that. So if it's a free to play game and you've played a hundred hours of Fortnite, and you go, you know what? I feel bad that I don't even feel bad because it's a, it is a free to play game. But like I really appreciate that I've been able to play this game a hundred hours for free. I'm gonna throw them twenty dollars for some V bucks. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, what Path of Exile and Warframe work on is that they keep Absolutely. their game. They keep their games up with quality updates. And people who have not paid for it are like, you know what? I don't normally do this, but I'm going to buy those cosmetics. I'm going to buy these extra spaces for my inventory because I want to show them some support. And I think that somebody said in the Path of Exile subreddit a while back that if you spent $60 on a game, you would have pretty much all the cosmetics you wanted and then enough, I think it's inventory spaces or something. It's some kind of space uh, item that you get that, that frees up space. But... If you have spent $60 on that and you have everything else you need, the rest on is just icing on the cake. So that's interesting. And that's a big thing with, with this, uh, is that I don't know how many people are going to buy these packs. I don't know. Um, you know, they the Fortnite is a big kids thing now. So I think that with the, it being popular. popular with the kids that, uh, it's not going to pull the people it needs from, uh, from Fortnite because those people well, who wanted a, like a military battle that, royale, but that's how you flip it. Right. If you can start, if they do it just right and they adjust themselves down to this free to play model, then what they can do is some of the adults only who if are they go to free to play though. Sure, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying if they don't because oh. people people who already wanted that military model have gotten H1Z1 or Call of Duty Absolutely. and they're playing it already. And they're is not H1Z1 be on consoles now? Yeah. Already? It okay. Came I, to consoles I like so. three months ago. It's just it, it has no. I have no interest in right. it. So it's yeah. it's, it's I've forgotten it, but I thought that it did. Yeah, I posted a picture in Discord. I won my first game on there. Oh, number, you bought no, it. Number one. No, I was oh, in the beta. Okay. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if it's free. I remembered the beta. I yeah. guess I didn't I didn't know if the game released or not. Either way, I think if they can manage to go free-to-play, despite their quality differences, they can essentially try I'll, and let Fortnite remain the kids' game. If it performs well, I'll play it on console for free. Yeah. 
I mean, I probably would try it. Yeah, I'm not about I, to pay, put money on it. Like, I would not pay $60 for Blackout, I already did despite on Blackout was fun. Yeah, Blackout was really fun. As long as you had friends to play. That's why I say, if you do that free-to-play, I think you can get people to go in and, and start making money, and then you can... The upside they have is that they have the clear advantage of letting Fortnite stay the kids' game and don't worry about that, and then let the more adult-based gaming crew come into PUBG yeah. uh, who want that grittier style and aren't as worried about what's popular in the main culture, like, you know, in the mainstream culture. So I think that they have a... Sadly, I think that they're dead on arrival, but I think that if they were smart and they still have a small window to do this where they're kind of keeping their head above the water, they can adjust themselves down, but they're going to be careful. They have to be careful because, right, people who spend $30 on this, if they do adjust to a free-to-play model even in the next three to six months, they're going to have to do something for the people that bought the game Yeah, to kind of counteract that. But I, I think it would be worth it personally i'd be interested if anybody has an idea that they think is even 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 better platform for PUBG to move to to try and help itself succeed or if you think it's going to succeed let us know because it's just outside looking in as somebody who doesn't really care about the the battle royale game style i just think that it's, it's hard to justify PUBG on playstation at this point in its life cycle because it's not just PUBG and fortnite now which even though that is realistically the biggest battle now it's also Call of Duty and coming in eventually Battlefield, uh, which Battlefield are making a mistake too on that by waiting. But regardless, yeah, they, yeah. All right, let's get through the rest of this. Final bits of news are <clears throat> Black Friday is coming, and PlayStation has announced its deals: a new Spider-Man bundle featuring the game alongside a one terabyte Jet Black Slim PS4 can be had for one ninety nine ninety nine. Oh yeah, anyway, that's a that's a steal. Two hundred dollars for PS4 Slim, one terabyte drive. With Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a really good deal. I really think that this is going to... Because you got to think about this. We're going to get to the stat here in a minute, but 86 million, 86.1 million as of like September 16th, uh, something around there. Um, they're probably already past that now in terms of... They're, essentially, they have to be because we're in November. Uh, but if you think about what this is going to do in the holiday things, I've actually wondered, do we see them get very close to that 100 million by the time that the year's up? <clears throat> probably so I'm going to assume with the holiday season helping push those numbers through well and big games that are, that are happening like Red Dead I'm sure you think about this Red Dead had bundles how, how much did Red Dead do yeah and how, how I know you know this is again just different business and of course some of it is double dipping but I know people who had PlayStation for uh, base models and bought the Slim Red Dead or the Pro Red Dead or whatever one it was I know I think one of them was a Slim anyway they bought the Red Dead uh, bundle and so that's people double dipping of course, you have that. Then you have people who are trying to finally jump in, who Red Dead might have been something enough to push them. People who are Make jumping it worth, over. worth the price for the pro. Yeah, and for people that wanted to play Spider-Man that were Xbox camp and have enough money this December to go, uh, or this um, Christmas to go, 200 bucks on a PS4? I'm going to do that. I'll, I'll jump over. Is it confirmed on if this is a digital download code or is this the physical game? Physical copy. Okay. That makes a lot more, lot, lot better sense. So it's going to be interesting to see. Anyway, the rest of it is that select... DualShock 4 controllers can be had for $39.99, so that's certain colors. Uh, Saul, this is good for you, but the PSVR bundles will be available starting at $199.99, depending on what bundle you get. Uh, there's a couple of ones that have third-party games in there, so they don't have as much control on the price. I think those are $249. Give me the Beat Saber bundle. 
I think they have one, right? They have a Creed so. Rise to Glory one. They have an Astrobot and Moss one. That's I think that one is one ninety nine. I don't want Creed, so that's a pretty interesting one. Uh, anyway, and then lastly, their twelve month PS Plus subscriptions will be on sale, though that there is no price listed just yet. Forty dollars. I think so. That seems reasonable. It is forty dollars. Okay, cool. Thank you. Alongside popular games being heavily discounted uh, from November sixteenth, so that's actually before this, all the way to the twenty seventh. I don't know if they're rotating. They haven't really. I said. hope. I hope they are because what they have now is not that great. <laughs> Okay, we'll see. There's there's a really good deal on Call uh, God of War, and I think Detroit's twenty bucks. Uh, Persona Five That's is a steal. twenty bucks or ten bucks. Like it's it's some good deals on stuff that I already have. But then, but that's the no, problem. Is you already have? I already have them all. Yeah. The, the the issue is is that their games that I want are not discounted as well as I want them to be. Mm, yeah, they have a little less control over that. I would imagine because probably you're, so. You're, you're talking Publishers. outside of the first party realm. I'm assuming. Yes. But, so. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yep. I already right. got all the first party games I need. A couple more things, but. Well, do you here? How do you now? Do you we're, want to go we're ahead? We're going to break it off. We have essentially two main topics we're going to cover today to an extent, just because of what they are. The first one is going to be that the PS4 has turned five. Uh, so as of November 15th, the console is now five years old. And on that, they went to the PlayStation blog and put out a lot of little details about the system. So one that we already covered is that in five years, the system has sold more than 86.1 million. And again, that date, that number is as of september so now that we're actually in november it's probably higher probably closer to 90 if not you know 88 million somewhere in that realm i wouldn't be surprised we don't know for sure uh consoles but the interesting part of that is that that surpasses what its predecessor ps3 took more than seven years to do and it did it in under five uh very impressive uh there was 777.9 million plus Units of software sold, and that was as of June 2018. That is a monstrous number of software sales. That is a massive, massive number. 11 major updates, all the way from 1.01 when the console launched to the most recent 6.0, which did nothing. But regardless, I didn't think that there would been there had been 11. I'm trying to like whenever I saw that, I was trying to go back and think of each one and what they added. And it's funny that they've done such a good job at letting it be mostly feel very natural evolution that none of it felt jarring. Mm -mm. Yeah, I I do like that about it a lot. It didn't feel like uh, at any time which it updated and I turned my system back on that I felt like there was something drastically different. And unfamiliar in a way that was worse. Because one thing I'll say, uh, and this is going back to my experience with the 360, uh, I dipped into the 360 a number of times throughout last generation just because I'd get weird deals on them or whatever. And there'd be like one of them I got for free. And I was like, fine. And it was very, it was like 2012 that I got it for free. I was like, okay, cool. And I was playing Halo 4. I was like, this is cool. It's a good game. Um, anyway, but what came down to is that every single time I'd ever play an Xbox since they were so far removed from each other, they kept changing the software, the, the OS, in a way that never felt the same or familiar. And I was like, I couldn't imagine owning this console and one day updating just to go, where the hell do I go on this console? Yeah, that there was some pretty drastic changes on that. And it, I mean drastic. From, from the blades to... Uh, they ran through one that was like a sideways rotation. Then they went one that was directly like it was like a a wheel, and it would do this. Yeah, I hated that I, one. The blaze was my favorite. Then they, the blaze was so simple and elegant. It was essentially an uglier version of the XMB. It was like, what do you need? Here's a blade that has that name on it. When you go in there, everything that you need is there. Kind of, but no bar. Yeah, exactly. But it was just a blade. But it was interesting. They've done that, and they've already done that again with the Xbox when they did the Windows 10 update for Xbox One. It completely changed the way. I mean, not as drastically, but it still completely changed it to where I remember when I finally played an Xbox One again after the console launch. It was the tile system. Pretty, I was like, what much. the hell is this? 
And it's just, I like that they've never done that because there is something about moving away from something or putting something down and coming back to it, to it and feeling like, okay, I still know how to use this. I like it's more intuitive now than ever, but it still is just an obvious evolution of what we got from day one. So that's cool. Uh, but you know what? Hey, if you like the Windows 10 update on Xbox, roll with it. I'm just saying it was weird to me, and I'm glad that they don't make that jarring of changes. Uh, top five best selling titles for the system, and this is an alphabetical order, so this is no particular sales number. But Black Ops 3, Call of Duty World War 2, FIFA 17, FIFA 18, and Grand Theft Auto 5. None of those are surprising, realistically no, not, speaking. Not one bit. Uh, most downloaded PS Plus games, also alphabetically, are Black Ops 3, Destiny 2, not surprised at all on either of those, actually. Dead by Daylight is a little surprising. I actually was like, what a weird game, and so recent. You know, it's like, okay, maybe it's just because there's more PS Plus users than ever. And maybe I guess that- so, yeah, that is weird. And it's a, a very multiplayer-driven game. So I guess, you know, if one person downloads it, they're probably going to be like, hey, friends, you go download it too. Yeah. Even though technically so are Black Ops 3 and Destiny 2. <laughs> that is true. But I think that they at least, you can play them by yourself in a probably far more satisfying fashion than you can play something like Dead by Daylight. But maybe I'm, I mean, maybe uh, not. I see a lot of people got uh, disappointed with Just Cause 3 like I did. Just Cause 3 and Mafia 3 are the other two. Mafia 3 makes sense. I've heard a lot of good things about the game despite the fact that it had a few problems near launch. They've all been fixed, so that's cool. And I think a lot of people really appreciated that game. I heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of people really enjoying Yakuza as the PS Plus game. Yeah, I still need to download it before I forget. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> Me too. Uh, anyway, next up, this one made me laugh. They had a, a slide that said rarest PS4 model and put it as the 500 million limited edition console um, at 50,000 units is, is how many they have. But that's obviously wrong because the 20th anniversary edition of the PlayStation 4 they did back in 2014 uh, was actually limited to 12,300. And that was to match the date of the original PlayStation release date uh, in Japan, which was 12 3 uh, so when they did it that way, it's funny to me that they that whoever made this slide is not even aware of the fact that that which one is truly the most. That's so weird to me. So I I have both of them, and it's just it's funny to me to look at this and go, how would you not look and go, okay, twelve thousand three hundred, twelve thousand. How do you not remember 50, that anyway? 000, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, how would you not remember the fact that it crashed the internet? Maybe I, I would say maybe they got them mixed up, but then you realize that they actually stated the amount of numbers of units for the uh, uh, fifty thousand, and they're like, "Well, yeah, that's probably the rarest." But let's completely forget about the one that we had. I hope that's what it was. They're in a room like, "Hey guys, what would y'all say is the rarest?" Instead of looking up any empirical data, what's the rarest yeah. one we did? Would you say it was the one that we made like fifty thousand of? Because that sounds like it's pretty limited. Oh, you could blame it on the intern. Uh. The one that looks like a PlayStation. Get him out of here. You're fired. <laughs> Not being clear about what he meant. Maybe so. And they just—he's like, I'm just trying to say the 20th anniversary model. Bum bum bum. So we have a little fun little thing we're gonna do with this next one. Uh, but I don't know. Are you doing this? Are you are you exclusive only in this? No, it can be any game you want. Okay. What's funny is a lot of them are gonna be exclusive by nature, whether they were first party or not. Yeah. Um, well, for you. Huh? For you. Yeah, for mine. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So what me and Saul are going to do is to celebrate the five years of the console, we're each going to name off our own top five PS4 games that have happened since launch. Now, we've done something very similar to this where we kind of limited it to favorite game every year since the launch. 
up until now, and that was earlier this year, and that was also before certain games had come out and, and potentially changed those, those those anyway. So instead, we're just going to say across to all of them, what are our five favorite games? Even if, they, even if they all came out this year, which is not true. but um, And I always do this. I, told, I, I gave Saul just a little bit of a heads up. I like to do this as much as off the cusp as I can. There's a couple of ones that I know are just going to make it, but yeah. then the rest are just going to kind of be filled in the moment. I just now saw this list, so it's literally off the cusp for me. Okay, so where in your mind, do, how do you want to do it? You want to do five and then bounce off of each other and go five, or do you just want to name five and do you want to actually give them numer- numerical values, or do you just want to I'm not going to give five? numerical values. I'm just going to say in no particular order. Okay, you want to roll and, and just go through your five and I'll go through mine? Sure. Uh, Black Ops 3, uh, Call of Duty World War II. Bold. FIFA 17. <laughs> Bold. All the best-selling ones. Um, so, Bloodborne. Okay. For sure, we all saw that coming. Yep. Dark Souls 3, once again, I'm pretty sure you all saw that coming. Uh, uh, because of Saw Plays, if you if you haven't watched Saw Plays, go watch that right now. Um, watch Just exit out of this and go watch that. Um, Corey will tell you that Saul's got a buttery smooth voice on there. Way different than what he has here. because It is, because I'm actually relaxed in a Saul, way. Yeah, Saul just drinks a bunch of my, codeine and then leans back. That is not what happens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would be dead if that happened. Uh, no, but it, it's much more different, since I can, I can lean back and relax. But... I have a mic arm. Lean? Cody? No. Nope. Here we go. <laughs> Do the lean back. <laughs> Illuminati. Um, Confirmed. So, so Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, those two are no surprises. That is like the Soulborne series is like probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite gaming series okay. ever. Uh, that's undetested. It depends on if it's a Saturday or a Tuesday that I'm thinking that. But <laughs> oh, we, in terms of which one? Be it yeah, Bloodborne just depends or, or on, Dark Souls? Depends on how I'm feeling that particular day. But... So those two, I'm going to say Destiny 1 and 2. I'm going to go ahead and just throw both so just you know, throw them out the window. Since we did play Destiny 1 on Xbox One, but we ended up playing a majority, if not all of it, really. So hold on. You're saying that you're going to include both games in your list? Yes. As one title? Because I would no. say that that's probably okay. But if you're going to... Oh, you wanna, if that's okay, I'll do that. Yeah, I think because... It's it, cheating. My, my honest opinion is that there's it no... It should have been one title. Destiny 2 should not have been a separate disc I, anyway. I wish that just because I want to go back to the Cosmodrome more after that go. mission. There but, you go. So yeah, just the experiences I had with the game. The lore is really cool. It's a love-hate relationship, at least with Destiny 2. Destiny 1 ended much on a more loving note, but... But it started on a kind of a love-hate. Yeah. So I think that Destiny 2 seems to be hitting a very similar arc, which is funny. You learn no lessons from the first game, just to repeat them all in the second game, but... Yeah. Um, whatever. God of War is up there, for sure. Now, up there, or is it on your list? No, it's on the list. Okay, so that's, saying, that's four I'm, right now? Four. Yeah, we're at four, and my fifth one is going to be near, obviously. I've had to backhand that. Your hand's wet. You get them sweaty palms like I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine, mine is two. We can't mix the sweat. Yeah. What would happen? Ultimate death. That's how you have a baby, isn't it? Well, it's funny. Essentially, what we did was pulled games that we thought we might talk about and just kind of all from There's all my collectibles and just ran around. I said might talk about because here's the thing. You got to roll through and think about what's like... And that's why it changes a lot. So I have games that I'm fond of for a number of reasons. Oh, of course, I okay. talk about a lot of them. And you can say very easily... 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone thought I was going to include the order on this list, but here's the thing. As much as I love the order, it's not in the top five. It's just a game that I love that I want to see more of. So if I had to go through it as well, Nier is obviously in that list, and that's an example of a game that was exclusive initially just by nature of it being a lower-budget Japanese-oriented game. It blew up, so it moved on to other platform, uh, being Xbox, because it was a PC simultaneous launch with PS4. So I have Nier, God of War, which is not that surprising because I've loved all the God of War games, but man, did this one not just go above and beyond in so many freaking ways. Stop still on my list. Well, I hate to tell you, you saw... Destiny 2? No. Okay. Blood God, Born. no. As much as I like it, Bloodborne... <laughs> I, that's all I said over the question mark. I would have been very Bloodborne surprised. is a phenomenal game. It and is. I think the thing about Bloodborne is that I've not played it since the year it came out and I beat it, and I remember so much about that game regardless. It's the game. It has a very odd way of just imprinting itself on your mind because it's so unlike everything else that you play. And of course it shares stuff with the dark soul series. And I'm, I'm saying this there, but the way they chose to go about the lore and how vague everything is and the weird way that they chose to tie in this blood and how this is all going to tie into these beasts that are going on in the church. And these are all things that you see forms of in the Dark Souls series, but they took them to this far creepier level. Yeah, very creepy. And, and with this very Lovecraftian, you know, style. I, re- I really want to say, what, I guess, um, influence. A Lovecraftian influence more than anything. Uh, there's something about the way the game goes. That it's, it's a little more mystical in every sense. Like, there's a lot of, like, why is all this stuff surprising me, right? As much as I love the Dark Souls series, never was I playing the Dark Souls series and like, what the hell did I just see? You know what I mean? Whereas essentially, there's so many times in Bloodborne where I'm like... It's like, what is that? Because you're scared. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw the aliens when I was rolling through, I was like, what is going on? Why are there aliens? Dude, I I like, that was one of the moments that I was just, I, I, it literally like unnerved me. It didn't even really scare me. Well, and he was just like walking through the forest. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. And then the first time, and I love that. Again, there's reasons that I, I put it above Dark Souls from a mechanical standpoint. There's nothing quite as cool as the mechanic of letting your insight, which is supposed to be this in-game currency, also double in as an actual way in which you perceive the world. I think that's one of the coolest things I've seen in the game, where the more insight you get, you eventually break this boundary where you have so much insight that you're viewing the world and seeing how things it that really is always there. Yeah. And of course, that's not how it works. But the way that the game is know, making might. you feel, you know what I mean? We don't know the game. The game is just well. Who knows? Yeah, there maybe is something like well, if they have this and they show this. But my point being is that the game just does a lot from a very mystical standpoint, and it's a very interesting way to go about things. So it's it's a so, great so, fantastic. So we're three game. So for three. We're three for three. All right, now here's where we start to divert a little. Keep bit. on thief. Oh um, no, divert a little bit. Hate to tell you. Good buddy. Uh, the fourth one, I'm going to roll through and say Horizon. And I really, oh, hold no. on, hold on. I thought about this a lot because here's the thing Horizon left stuff to be desired in certain areas, but you know where it exceeded the most? Gameplay. There were so many more better games than Horizon. I mean, not even from an exclusive standpoint. You can say that, but in my opinion, when you're actually thinking about the way that Horizon plays, I think in terms of feeling. I don't know if there's been any, very many games that have felt as good to me as I mean, Horizon. But if that's the case, Spider-Man will be on my list. Sp- Spider-Man got very monotonous with its feeling. Uh, swinging eventually got to the point where it's boring. Uh, actually, what's funny... I, I'm glad I never reached that limit. <laughs> I'm well, you also didn't burn through it, but I was, yeah, I didn't, I I didn't was bored of swinging before the story wrapped. 
Oh yeah, I definitely did not get tired of that. And I don't even mean just swinging; I mean traversal in general. I can it tell it's starting to wear on me though. If we're talking about the way it feels, because I mean, you say that too, uh, and and. Part of the reason that Infamous doesn't quite make the list, Second Son, is because despite the fact that it also feels amazing, it failed even more in the story department. Because Horizon has a good story with flat characters. The uh, Infamous Second Son just has a very mass story. As much as I love the game and the world and what they were trying to do, it doesn't do anything interesting in the way of narrative or anything like that. So that's how, despite the fact that to me Infamous feels multiple times better, in terms of traversal and the way that it generally plays in Spider-Man did. And that's kind of just where I fall. Uh, Spider-Man is a good game. I'm not grabbing on it. I enjoyed it heavily. I got the platinum. I mean, I obviously played it to the, I mean, I did too. Completion point. I mean, I yeah. did everything that you could do in the game. I still think that I was let down by it by the end. When I get the platinum, I was like, you know, this was good. This was oh, wait, fun. You went back for platinum on horizon. Oh no, no. I thought we were talking about Spider-Man still. Oh no. Go ahead. Roll through. Oh, I was just saying that with horizon, I got the platinum, and I'm like, this was fun, but a little part of me is glad I don't have to play this game again. Well, and it's funny because essentially part of what made that very interesting, too, and we're seeing it with more and more games following Horizon, uh, and there were games that did it before Horizon. I'm not saying that it was the uh, progenitor of any of this stuff, but essentially what Horizon did that I like that we've seen continuing to go up, and it's something we saw in both uh, Red Dead most recently and then earlier this year, <clears throat> excuse me, earlier this year with Monster Hunter World, uh, is this sense of letting these creatures that you're creating, and Red Dead's a little different because they're just based around real animals, and they're trying to just copy as much real-world information from animals as they can. Right. But the idea of a, of a living, breathing ecosystem. And one of the things I liked about Horizon is you could see, like, oh, these dinosaurs are going off and taking the this substance that they're going and they're walking a path to go do what they need to do with it. I like the idea of letting what you need come full circle. It's like, oh, well, these animals do this. They'll store this much. <clears throat> like, they'll eat plants or whatever and turn it into this fuel, and then they'll go and use this fuel to, you know, it, be it helping new babies or stuff like that. And you've seen it amplified in more recent games. Like, I really love the way they did it in uh, Monster Hunter World. But yeah, I like the world. It was world. done really well in world. That's essentially what I mean. Is like the game feels really good to play. The combat is. I'll phenomenal. give it that. Like it is. Like I did not. I wasn't a fan of the story by the end, and then it kind of got more even Reason, let down. Reasonable. With, I mean, I still think the narrative itself was good. I think that the story let down because of how flat the characters were. Well, it's the flat how the characters were, and then the thing with the DLC. I'm going to be somewhat vague about oh, the action. Oh, and I ending. didn't play that, so that didn't. Just and I don't even fact, know what happened. Just the fact that that's what it is. Yeah, is what so it really didn't, it didn't burn me. me. Yeah, but I do. I, I think that I understand what it is just by you saying. I would have fit. So. It, I think that would have fitted a sequel much better. But uh, so, anyways. But yeah, there's that, and that's essentially why, to me, the game felt so good, and outside of that, the game just had a very interesting world, and seeing these interesting creatures, and it just felt very, uh, what what would you even word it? It's not even that it was just so, I mean, they were good, but it was more that it had a feeling that I couldn't match, where it was like, despite, it had character and charm to the, to the, the outer world of these beings and these little creatures. And I thought that was cool. So I'm going to stick with horizon. Like I said, this list changes every time. Anyway, this is today's list. Who knows yeah. what it comes to on another day. Um, Can I try, I guess your fifth game. Go for uncharted four. No, uncharted four is one of the weakest uncharted games. Despite Ar- the fact Ar- that it's Arkham Knight. No crash bandicoot insane trilogy. <laughs> Actually, yes. I knew it. I, was like, here, I, I debated where I could really include it because here's the thing. I know that people are going to say there's better games that have come out that were actually PS4 games, but it doesn't matter because Crash Bandicoot is amazing. And you know what? If you listen to this podcast, actually, I don't know. You're in the Discord, but SJ, 
whatever, Swanlin. Oh, no. Guess what? Don't call him out. He's nice. Spyro is not as good as Crash Bandicoot. Uh, that was, you know, Ooh, to be fair, that's I'll opinion. That. But I just wanted to throw that out there because he acted like Spyro was amazing and Crash was just trash. Here's the thing: if you just like Spyro more than Crash Bandicoot, that's fine. But you do not call Crash Bandicoot trash. I will say Spyro is better. Spyro is better than Crash Bandicoot because he is. Hey, roll little through. purple dragon with all that charm. I disagree because you have a little orange Bandicoot with way I mean, more charm. That, that's a rodent. Okay, you're a rodent. Still a rodent. First of all, I don't think a bandicoot is cl- is classified as a rodent. We'll find this out. Um, is bandicoot a real creature? Maybe if it, maybe if it was Crash Capybara or something like that, but that's not what we're dealing with. Saul is a bandicoot a rodent. <laughs> I mean, I could see it, but I don't I don't think it is. But we'll see. Small to medium sized rodent. Where do you see this at? Oh, it might look like, but they're. They're oh. actually marsupials. I knew that. Well, marsupials are dumb. Your laptop I, is going to die. My <laughs> laptop is going to die, but that's okay. Let it do its thing. There it goes. My last game is technically three games, and that's what we're going to roll with. If I had to substitute something else in, um, I, I, that's a, I really struggled with what my fifth game was going to be because the other four came oh, so much pretty more to pick, quickly. More so than Horizon, in my opinion. I mean, that's fine. I would I, say Spider-Man was more of a... No, you know what? I will say Horizon's I, better than Spider-Man. Horizon's more original. And yeah. Even if it comes down to that, Spider-Man, part of what made it lose its luster to me is that it's still a known quantity. Yeah. The I, reason that... I, and that might be why I, I remember Horizon so fondly is that you also have that mystery of the world of, well, what's going to happen next? Because I don't know. In Spider-Man, you essentially are like, well, this is probably going to happen next. And if it's not that, then it's probably this. And one of the ones that you guessed were going to be right. Yeah. Essentially. So again, it's just the known quali- quantity element of it. And that, it, it may be interesting. With Horizon... Being a known quantity now, like we know what the world is and we know why the people exist. They can still do interesting stuff story-wise because it's not a story that's been iterated upon for 60-plus years of comic books. But essentially, I wonder if in Horizon 2, if the world doesn't feel as good to me because I've visited it before and it's lost that luster of being something new and mysterious. That would be something to be weary of going into the sequel. If they make a sequel. I'm sure they will. Oh, yeah. For the sales, they're absolutely going to. Um, so anyway, I don't know what number five would be. Otherwise, I'm just going to stick with my list. You know what? I, I say that. Look, I know which one it's going to be. You boys ready? It's Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2 is phenomenal. Such a good game. I, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, we're going to do that. I heard some real bad things about that game. Mm. I heard uh, <clears throat> that you were wrong. Oh, okay. We're going to move on into the next bit of it. Uh, the next bit is... Well, hold on. Let's say that for after Reader Mill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're throwing off Reader Mill here. We're going to do the entire thing and then be like, oh, Reader Mill's going to be the last thing. Yeah, go for so, it. So I apologize. I tried to do that earlier, but then you interrupted <laughs> me. And I was just like, well, we could do Reader Mill, then go to the last... Okay. For those that don't know, Reader Mail is our weekly segment of the show where we ask you guys to ask us questions and we answer them live on the air. If we don't answer your question, do not frown, do not fret. We will be doing a Reader Mail episode the first Friday of every single month, and that looks like warm milk. And uh, sorry for all you audio, you're disgusting. And uh, so if you're an audio listener, I, you, you're you're winning right now because you didn't see Brett drink warm milk. But I did that just for the camera. We take two from Twitter, one from Facebook, and feel free to ask us on Twitter or Facebook every Wednesday and every Friday when you see the tweet or Facebook post go up. First question. I know you've covered this before, but now rumors are circulating with the DualShock 5 controller may have a touchscreen. Is there any comments you'd like to add to this idea? Thank you, our good friend Sean Juanillo. Um, I will mention, yeah, Brett, go grab a question from Facebook. I got you. But uh, 
I don't mind it, but I don't want the controller to be too big. I don't like a, you know, a Switch is, is a weird machine to me to use. Like I got used to it, but I already don't like the touchpad at all. Like, I don't like how it's implemented. I don't like how some games have you press for the menu one side of the touchpad, then the other is another button. I don't like that. I've normally not seen that. I mean, I do know no, that's, that's that's where a, they try and split it in half. Yeah. But for the most part, most games avoid that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I always feel no matter what with the touchpad there, like, is it me or am I always mixing up my touchpad with uh, options in Destiny? Like, if I'm trying to go somewhere and I hit, like, options, I'm like, no, I gotta go to the, I gotta hit the destination on the touchpad. I do that all the time, or I'll, I'll be like, I gotta go to my bounties, and I'll hit touchpad to open up my I bounties. I don't, but... It mixes me up. I'll, I'll give you this, and I think it kind of ties into essentially what you're saying. Um, some of what you're, what you're basically getting at is that, and I don't feel like it should have been this way, but I get that people did it because they took away one button in terms of, for the share button. So the button was not taken away for the touchpad. It was taken away for the share button, which I do think the share button was a very smart inclusion for the DualShock 4. And you see that in the fact that the Switch also came with a share button essentially equipped to it, a screenshot button. And I think that they have reworked some of the Xbox controller to do something where it'll it'll take a screenshot for so, you and yeah. essentially act as a share button, even though it's not quite the same. Um, but what happened is with the share button moving and basically removing the options button, instead of doing something that was truly unique like a few games have and really utilize the touchpad in a really cool way which yeah. is what it and I think it's very that, far I think people between. would be far more fond of the touchpad if it had been utilized in a way that was far more interesting than being a giant glorified select button well the only problem is is that it has to be first party games because the Xbox doesn't have a touchpad oh I mean it doesn't so, have to be they, don't be wrong plenty of games still utilize and and essentially like what you're saying, a lot of them do it because the Xbox has an options button. So essentially, they go, "Well, the big the big touchpad will just make an options button." Like I'm not, I can't. I'm remember. talking about like I'm talking about gestures and stuff on the touchpad to be in a game. Yeah, but they'll still work them in. And if you really think about it this way, it's considering that the PS4 is double the size of your potential uh, user base, buyer base, it's monetarily worth utilizing that for something interesting. And one, one of the examples is a game that's on both. Uh, Diablo 3 utilizes the touchpad very well, actually. And uh, you utilize it by going through your inventory with it and swiping stuff over and moving throughout your... Uh, see, I never on console, it for that capacity at all. Yeah, on console Diablo, they moved it from... On computer, it's not a circular right. dial. It's on console, square. it is. And you can do it with analog stick if you want, but you can also more... Because it, instead of having to move it around and then hit a button to confirm, you can just swipe it around and it'll it'll pop up. Don't be wrong; it's it's still not perfect, but it's trying to think outside of the box and go, what would what could you potentially use this for? In my opinion, it's trying to think outside of the box because it shouldn't have been a thing in the first place. I mean, you could argue that, but then you could argue that with literally anything. I think it, it causes it, more problems than because, it solves. Uh, I don't think I don't think it causes problems. I don't. Think I think that's it causes inconveniences more so than it solves. What would you consider an inconvenience? Getting the stuff mixed up, like I always do all the time, and that's not a common thing. When when Sean won, I saw actually saw that on Reddit. And people, you say a common? Do you mean uncommon or common? Just yeah, it's sure. actually not an uncommon thing because okay. Roll through. I saw the thing that uh, Sean posted on Reddit, uh, and I was actually reading some of the comments. People hate the touchpad. I, I just feel like it's a I didn't weird thing to I, legitimately hate. I mean, I can get just being indifferent as whether it's well, on or not. The, the problem was it was implemented to be a touchpad, but now we're just using it, like you said, like a glorified button. Mm -hmm. And it could be so much... The, the controller could be... Because I have an example of a game that utilizes it very well. Multiple oh, games. Uh, there, yeah, there's multiple games that do so. But the problem is, is that there's only 
a few games that do that. Mm-hmm. I, I and know. it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I agree. Because, uh, like, and but not uh, every course, game would, would work well with first that party are by nature of how small they are exclusives. Uh, so, like, one that Ryan constantly brings up uh, is Earth Defense Force. I can't remember which one it is, maybe 4.1, something like that. Anyway, uh, you can move through, like, I, I want to say it's like emotes or callouts, and you just. Instead of having to hit a button to go to a spindle or whatever, you just move your finger where you want and you drag it to where it's going to be and you let go and it'll do that emote. I actually think that would be great for something like Destiny. Yeah, uh, it, like an emote wheel or a weapon wheel mm-hmm. or something. I think it'd be great for things like the Division. But the problem is we don't see cool stuff with it. Yeah, it, if, they, if, they use, if they utilize it for a weapon wheel, I'd be fine with that as well. Uh, but I, then you have games that have done it even further. And I really think this is probably the best utilization I've myself seen from it uh in terms of a normal game because there are some vr games that utilize a touch pad very well but it is something that makes more sense in in vr because now you're also getting a touchable like you can feel like you're throwing something out into the vr world uh, astrobot does it very similar See, now that would be pretty cool too i just don't think that uh, but then I, it becomes an interactive point right know, more so but uh kill zone shadow I, I hated it in that i felt like it was unnecessary in that well, did you play the story yeah it's the drone controls and stuff yeah, with it i love that no yeah it's it very was not good because it was literally just swipe up swipe down swipe left or swipe that right. i could have done without having to take my thumb off analog stick by holding down r1 or l1 or something they could have programmed to that instead well but you think about the other buttons and the limitations of a general controller you can use gestures to very quickly do that and what i essentially do is i'd hit cover and like one of the ways that you could that's do the it problem is, is you, you have to hit sw- cover first a lot to well, do it in a game in a game like like that you want to anyway but you hit cover and because this is why you utilized your bot to begin with right uh you'd be like okay there's a lot of stuff going up front i need to hit cover anyway and to be strategic go, right yeah, drone it out i'm gonna quickly swipe my I'm, I'm gonna move my analogs my hand off the analog stick real quick swipe right it's gonna pull my thing up to over here because i have a group of people that are trying to flank me as well right he's gonna shield on this side while i handle these people it felt clunky can, though to me didn't to me but and i but even if it felt clunky let's just say it felt clunky the idea behind the idea behind it, it is a good idea. Regardless, is a good idea. But so I even if the implementation ended up being bad, the idea behind the implementation, I still think it's something that if we saw more developers trying to do that, the touchpad would be far more, far less. I'm even gonna say hated, but people would be more keen to enjoy it than what we have. One thing I'm curious about, and and I'm I'm curious where you think on this too, because. It leads into essentially what his question is: is right. What do you want? Like, what do you think about a touch screen on the controller? So, one of the biggest concerns is first and foremost battery life of and course. how much a, a screen on the controller is going to affect battery life. But the secondary thing I'm curious about with that is that moving forward, I imagine that the PS5 will have some form of something appropriating a touchpad. If backwards compatibility has to. is an actual, essentially because it has to, you can't suddenly play Shadowfall or any other game that actually does utilize it for things that are important in the game. And regardless of what you think about Shadowfall's implementation, the drone is required. You use the drone when you swipe up and it would shoot a, a thing across so that you could like zip line. Zip line, down. yeah. Um, so you, you get to those games. It's, it's essentially like what we talk about with if they ever make a Vita um, successor. They have to have... It has to have a touch screen, and it probably has to have something that's going to appropriate a touch pad on the back. Now, it doesn't have to be as big. One of the things I found very interesting, and the controller's not back here. Do you remember that controller I bought for Kyrie? 
uh, the blue Hori mini pad. Yeah. All right, there's a little bitty touchpad. Yeah. But it's still a touchpad, and it still works the exact same That's, way. That see now, in my opinion, you can still have it that way, and then have an, a, a true to life select start button, and it'd be fine. And minimize the impact of the size yes. of the controller, and that would be perfect. I do think that they essentially did it that way, or even the, where the light bar is that I hate that a lot of people wish you could turn off completely, which I think you can now, right? No, you can dim it. Dim it. That's right. You I could, still think you could you put can turn that it off back completely. there. Huh? I still think you should be able to turn it off. Completely. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that could be your touch bar back there. That could be a touch bar. So you just do this instead of this. It's not much more of an animate. Like maybe you know. the reason, and I'm, that's why I'm also curious to see if the P, the DualShock Five would have that. Is that the reason they did the light on the controller had well, a very specific purpose was for the, the future plan of VR exactly. Yeah. So when you think about that. It is a weird thing that I don't understand why they won't let you turn it completely off. But that's also part of what impacts the battery life so poorly. But the touchscreen could... The upside of the touchscreen is the touchscreen could appropriate a a touchpad. Essentially, obviously, you could. Because it's like what the Vita does when it's like, okay, we're going to utilize... I'm going to need like a 3,000 milliamp hour battery life for that controller. (laughs) It's going to be weird. It's going to make it expensive. If you put a a screen on the current controller we have, it's like four hours battery life and it's dead. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Probably not even four. If the screen stays always on. That's another thing. If they they put a touch screen on, does it constantly stay on? If it had a screen, though, wouldn't that mean that it's... It would need some kind of processor chip inside? No, not necessarily. I mean, not necessarily. At least like a little like Raspberry Pi or something in there. Because it has to output something. information to the display something. from something. Because, uh, well, you know what's funny? If they do that, I just feel like this is one of those weird examples where games games modernize things we've already seen in gaming before. Like doing the new VR is essentially modernizing what we saw back with like the... Uh, Nintendo game, whatever it was called, the Virtual Boy or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, when you see that, so these are ideas that have been talked about before. Do you remember the Dreamcast having the uh, memory yep. card with the screen that when you slid it in and you play Sonic, it would draw Sonic up on and the like, screen? It had like your little chows on there. If you took, or you could actually put your chows on there from the chow and then move them away, and it'd be like a little Tamagotchi. But I think that that's so interesting because the real question is, if you're going to put a screen on it anyway. How much closer does that lead? And again, closer. I'm not saying it's going to absolutely be it, but how much closer does that lead Sony to having the ability to just let you take your controller with you on the go and then just stream games directly to the controller, which would essentially be a better version if they had the ability to do so. And they might with that Gaikai stuff. If they essentially were able to pull that off and do what Microsoft is doing with streaming, which I don't necessarily think they should do, but they could... You just have a controller with a good battery life in it, and there's a touch and there's a touch screen on it that's a, a small size, and you just play the game off the controller. I was gonna say because essentially it, that's you, like what they're doing with the with the Microsoft streaming, where you have the your phone and you instead yeah. put a you put a you an Xbox controller, and then there's a little clip that goes over it and then holds your phone. Well, if you're just moving the screen in there, bam! Now you essentially have a new handheld streaming device that also can be your controller on your thing. And, and we just saying, made the Wii U too. <laughs> I know, and that's what I was going to get at. Is that's essentially becoming the Wii U. Yeah, that's see, am I, in a sense that would have outer because I do think that that would be interesting. Even though I don't necessarily think it's a good idea, but think about that: you take a controller with you and you just stream directly from a, a service to so, your controller. So, someone will hack a controller and put ROMs on it. Probably. Well, it has to have processing, direct processing. A Which, screen would still have to have small processing. You could probably at least put literal I, like assume you Game Boy a, ROMs. I'm going to assume you need something on there to be able to stream. Yeah, you'd have to have something. It'd have yeah. to be a streaming chip. So your laptop died. We need a Facebook question. Oh, I got this. 
I know what one of them was anyway. Uh, one of them. Oh, oh, to add to the. Oh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. To add to the. We'll, we'll fix bomb. that in a minute. Yeah, don't worry about my. Liam laptop, did man. ask us. So about that E3 shiz. Haha. Uh, Liam, you're about to get that question answered in one moment. Yeah, because another one, Matt Hunt, asked us on Facebook the same thing, which is, do you think it was a mistake for Sony to cancel PSX and now also back out of E3 2019? In your opinion, is this something that Sony PlayStation fans should be concerned with? We will answer that very, very momentarily. But before that, we'll answer our last actual reader mail because instead that's going to be our transition into our uh, secondary main topic. Yeah, Liam, not you. Mister, <laughs> Both of y'all. Mr. Vincent Hull asked, recently... It seems like there have been many games with pre-purchase packages with early access. Many of these games launch with many bugs and issues. Do you think it is possible that game companies have removed beta testers, thus saving them money, and are possibly using their early access as a form to test their games before the actual launch? So to clarify, this is actually very similar to something Saul mentioned in the Bethesda Quality Control episode, but... Uh, I. Beta testers is kind of a weird thing. He essentially means a quality control team. Yeah. And instead of having a group of game testers that play the game when it's in its beta state before it moves out to the general public, are they trying to cut that, avoid that cost, and let the game go out? Here's the thing. I think it's very easy. Like Saul said, Saul already kind of essentially said, I wonder if this is what Bethesda's doing. It's not, it's not so much a wonder. It's a pretty much like we don't do real betas anymore. We do stress test on servers yeah so they've moved completely past the essential need for a, a beta which is more so you know betas used to be see what the performance problems that most people end up having are coupled with the fact of what improvements do you think need to happen to the game yeah while we still have another six to eight months to try and fit those in betas have consistently moved closer and closer to the launch of a game where it's like play the battlefield beta a month before the game launches yep, that's, that's not just nothing. a stress test you're yeah. not going to change anything major those CDs those, those those Blu-rays for that game are already entrenched into GameStop by the time the beta comes out you're not changing nothing now of course updates are a thing with software but even then there's not much you could do if there's a game breaking bug in that and you're not aware of it yeah or even things that people just decide that they don't like and it, it moves away from what the original idea behind a beta was where essentially like you said betas now are and I like that some people are moving away from the name of beta I was actually really just, no matter what people think about the game and I don't know what people think about the game but I like that Soul Calibur 6 was ballsy enough to say this is just Soul Calibur 6 network test That's, we're not calling it a beta we know what game we have regardless of whether that's a good or bad thing, who knows, but they know what game they have. We're not trying to lie and say it's a beta. This is entirely to make sure that our, our network is going to be able to handle the online fighting. Bam. Yeah. It's, it's a very, uh, I like how clear wording that was. It's, yeah. And that's, and that's what I'll set the record straight. Um, because if you guys are unfamiliar with that, that's pretty much what we did say in the Bethesda episode, two episodes back, three episodes back, something like that. But, I will say that depending on how it's marketed, I have no issue with it. If you are coming out and saying that this is an early access game, you go into it knowing that there's going to be bugs and hiccups and glitches, and typically those games are cheaper. There are some cases where they're not, but typically they are. We saw that and, with Minecraft originally. Yeah, My, I, Minecraft was what? Um, I swear it was twenty dollars. Like, I don't even think it was. I don't. I don't even think it was twenty. I swear it was. Well, like, I know on PC it was like seven. Yeah, I was like eight dollars or something like that. And when it came out to disc, finally, it was still only twenty dollars, uh, mm -hmm. despite being the phenomenon it was at that given time. Uh, but you were also, it was $20 for what they essentially were like, well, this is a, sorry, this is enough where if, even if you never updated the game, you probably have fun with it. Oh yeah. And it was also, very, we're going to update the hell out of the game. So you're getting more value. And they did that. too. But yeah, I don't have an issue with it as long as it's marketed. as so Fallout 76 launched as a game. 
It is not currently. There's so much crap. You cannot uninstall the beta from your PC if you don't buy the game. Oh, my Lord. Look, here's and, the I, and I know only a lot of people users are loving are having the game, that, but, but it's still weird. Yeah, a lot of people are loving the game. But I mean, I'm sure they are. And I don't mean to dampen their fun. It's just, it's to me, it's kind of insulting for a company that I actually enjoy the product from to do this. And it's just like, I'm not, it doesn't, you know, it's like if your favorite fast food company was like, oh, well, we don't sell fries anymore. We sell carrot fries. Then, Corey, then... <laughs> <laughs> if we were going to move then, closer to it, it'd be more like your favorite fast food place being like, guess what, guys? We're going to sell you the fries now, but they're not cooked. We give them to you in the bag, and they're pre-cut, but you got to go home and cook them. Papa Murphy's? <laughs> pizza? Here's the pizza you go home and cook. $7, please. That's already a business model. Um, but yeah, I think that one's interesting, so we will uh, utilize that. And now we're going to move into all this E3 talk because... So how, how surprised were you? Very legitimately. I was very legitimately surprised about E3. Like I was like after after PSX, I'm like okay. Well, okay. When I say surprised, I could see that I was surprised a little bit. But were you like this makes no sense, or were you like a little I was, bit? I was frustrated. I was I was in my head. I was thinking, and I wasn't frustrated with just the issue of no E3 because I like E3. It's, it's one of the things I always look forward to. You guys can see the amount of fun. And we'll still do live streams for everybody else. Nintendo, uh, Ubisoft Square, Microsoft. We'll still do live streams for EA, those. EA. Yeah. Um, but my big issue is, and I, I've said it time and time and again on the podcast, is that they blew their load way too early. 2016 out, to be precise. Yeah. That was the last time that they really In between 2015 and 2016. Because Final Fantasy VII was 2015. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it's ridiculous the amount of stuff they shown us that was not ready to be sh- or not I'm not going to say not ready to be shown but sh- should have waited to be shown and so when no PSX came that was the no surprise I was like well we have everything we saw at E3 the only other things they could do is a couple of 15 minute spots on days gone ghosts dreams, dreams and uh, the last of us 2 perhaps and then E3 will be Oh, here's it, but they're not out by then. Here's the release date for all of them. So they canceled PSX. They canceled E3. We have The Last of Us. Dreams doesn't have a solid release date yet, does nope. it? Uh, Days Gone's Days been pushed Gone. to April. And that doesn't have an exact date, right? Or is it April 2019 or is it, it April it, it got 19th an exact date. or something? It, it, okay. I can't remember what it is, but it's got an exact date. Okay, but then we have And Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Game Awards is now going to be much more of a... And Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and Ghost. The, uh, the Game Awards is going to be much more of an event to look for now. Because uh, Death Stranding, which, which was announced at, at Game Awards last year... Uh, or re- year, year, shown. Year, not, yeah, uh, it was announced 2015. Yeah, nobody knew what it was, though. 15, um, I think. That wasn't the trailer for it then, though, was it? Wasn't it a game? It was game. Well, game that was Awards. the initial trailer. I'm fairly positive at the Game Awards. A Game Awards. Hey, 2015. Mm, I'm fairly positive, man. I think it was 2016. I'm gonna look it up. Look it up. You because, roll through what that, your point that would been the same year as Final Fantasy VII. I think it was. I don't man. think it's been that long. Go ahead. If it has, Tom's going by way too fast. But we have all these games that have been announced for the past, like going on four years now, uh, almost, and it's like Final Fantasy VII, Death Stranding. These games we don't have release dates for. So now it's up to these like these other offshoot conferences and game award shows, and it is all left up to them to reveal the dates. And now I'm sure Sony can go out with Blogspot and stuff and, and on their PSN blog and, and announce I do think dates, that that's but what that's we're so see them lackluster. Do. 
That I think, and but here's, I really honestly believe that that's what they're going to do because it makes the most sense. We've seen these games too many times. It doesn't make sense to put to give another because, like, like you say, they they did. They showed far too much of their hand, and that was essentially. And I've said this a number of times throughout conversations I've had with people, but the price they had to pay to have four very memorable PSXs in a row, I mean, PSXs, E3s in a row, which was 2013 through 2016. Yeah. Um, and then 2017 was still good. It was, just, but it it was, was a little lacking compared to the last three. Uh, yeah, but even then, 2018 was the first time you saw the real like, well, it was a good showing, but we knew everything going into it. You mean 2017? 2018 20, hasn't had one yet. Yes, it has. It's PSX? Like, no, E3. I did say PSX at first. But oh, I'm okay. Saying, no, so the yeah. cost of having four really good, or even if you wanted to say five with 2017, I'll give you that. The cost of having four to five really great E3 showings in a row was that eventually... They ran out of gas. They ran out of gas to show new, st- new things. And exactly like you said, 2016 is where they first showed, uh, I'm fairly positive, uh, they first showed Death uh, Days Gone. Yes. Now, it, it actually might be that. See, that one feels like it's older to me it's, than it, Death Stranding it is. It feels so old. Uh, Death Stranding apparently had its first trailer at E3 2016. And then we okay. had another trailer. I thought it was Game Awards. but At Game Awards the same year. I remember. Okay. That's what it but was. But we knew the game was being made prior to that. Yeah. It's just it's I, been being I made remember, since 15. I remember Game Awards having something there towards the beginning of, yes. the, uh, of the announcement of the game being launched or even made. Yeah, that was the underbridge scene. That's right, because at, at, at E3 that year, Kojima walked out on stage, and they tried to do the floating stairs that appeared under his feet, but he was walking too fast, and yeah. it didn't line up. Uh, but yeah, like they ran out of gas. And I, I hold them accountable, but there's no reason to hold them accountable, well, I mean, because there's I no ramification. Hold... Well, you, you would typically hold someone accountable... Uh, for an action they had made to to have a ramification or have a consequence, but there is no consequence or ramification here. For me, it's just now more of a letdown. I guess it's that is more more well, of the consequence itself is having your fans let down. There's that, but so there is the easy enough side on the outward looking in to see that this is Sony running out of steam and that they accidentally did this. Here's the here's, they they did not accidentally do this. That's the, I mean no they did accidentally do this but they're not running out of steam in the context that people would say that they are because they even had to make a statement like sony's still making games y'all calm down like there are still games coming out for the ps4 it's like well yeah we know that yeah but that's why you don't want the reason they had to make that statement was because people were saying there's not yeah so So, but like i say so the the easy side to see is that we've seen everything and this is true i mean so it doesn't matter but the the part of it that's true is that we've probably seen Everything, Everything that, that they are going to have that's going to support the PS4 until the end of its life. So we know every single thing that's going to happen until the end of them supporting it and, and instead of the PS5. Um, so we know where that's at. But here's the thing. I think it's really easy to see that and go, they showed too much at once, which I do think is somewhat true, but I think they might have done it on purpose to get the PS4 to where it is. Then they can go, okay, not only are we going to do that, we're going to do we're going to get this steam out like i said e3 this year was still solid I, some people consider it to just be so bad to me I, I it was consider wasn't. it but after the facts it was just i did not like it at all like i, I like the games that were shown and i'm excited for the that biggest, the biggest problem was and the pacing bs the they pacing did. was the like and it's tr- very similar coincidentally to spider-man the, both really good things 
with really good elements to them, but pacing just messed them up really badly. That beginning pacing of showing The Last of Us and then waiting. Oh, oh well, yeah, it's like, we're going to go get re Like, what do you mean? You have everybody sitting down already? Or is that just a select crowd? Obviously, because the crowd was much larger in the auditorium. Yeah. And was... then the cut to them outside is like, so you're in, you're, you're in a tent. You're outside. You're in a big conference room. And then all of a sudden, it, 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 it goes out to the E3 lounge with Boogie2988 sitting in there. And I'm like... I, I I went back like a month ago because I was like I want to see what my reaction was to that and I was like that's it yeah no the, the music's rem- gone <laughs> I remember how quickly it ended it didn't even feel ceremonious they, like, nobody they didn't even thank anybody for coming I mean they probably did in person but even then like not to have Sean Layden say like you know thank you all for for coming out and uh, we enjoy everything and we look forward to a much brighter future with us. It's just the, the, the typicals. It's it's the typical stuff you see at conferences, or and even like they normally Microsoft do where they come out and go. This is going to be the last thing we show, but thank everybody for coming. Yeah, and coming back out. And, and and Microsoft nailed the typical conference from the very beginning to the studio buyout announcements to the uh, 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 CD Project Red. The, the cyberpunk trailer which was actually really well done it was Very cool. the fact that he was up there standing up then all, all glitched I'm like yeah presentation wise it was presentation wise it, I would say it's one of the best since of Xbox since like 10 years ago what's really <laughs> since E3 was a thing what's crazy is that they they did that in such a way that it's like Sony normally kills on presentation and, and I mean it, it's really the exact opposite yeah because you remember when Sony did the, the even with and as much as I, Days Gone feels old do you remember when they showed Days Gone and they had all the dead bodies hanging around the screen and everything and like the yeah the grass and stuff I was like dude that's killer it, yeah and um let's see they did a couple things they did God it, of War had different the, stones well, I was gonna like, say God of War had the, the that the was the year of the orchestra. It? Yeah, 2016, right? Yeah, it felt really cool. It was just like, whoa, but what's crazy? What's going on? It's absolutely nuts. And I think that, I, I do think that, and I don't want to keep repeating myself, so this is where I'm going to end my, my side of the topic, but I do think that since that this has been stretched out. Well, we got more, but it's just part of the topic because there's one other thing we haven't talked about that this is potentially leading to, but follow oh. through. Oh, well, I closed my laptop too fast, I guess. It's okay. I mean, I we don't need to read anything. Yeah. About it. But in terms of E3 and PSX, that I'm not surprised about PSX, but I'm incredibly surprised about E3. And I do think that, in my opinion, there's things that there they, they could do, even if it's an indie showcase at E3, which would be cool. Or well, it's a, more, like you say, uh, that there's something they could do. What was the, the real surprising bit to me was that they're not even going to have a booth. Yeah. They're That's, not there. But they're not there at all. Didn't Nintendo do that like two years ago where they just didn't show up to E3? I mean, they, they haven't had a traditional E3 in so long, but I think that they tend to have a booth at least. Yeah, they have a booth. So this that's very odd. Um, but continue. I wasn't trying to. Oh, no, to, no. That's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Is that I, I just wish that they didn't stretch everything out the same, you know, five things for the past three years. Well, see, now surprising is maybe a little bit of a, word, a different word, but in terms of if you, as soon as I learned, I wasn't immediately like, I would have never expected this. It was a little surprising, but then I was like, well, they canceled PSX because we know of every game that's coming out. We'll see. And um, they cancel. Like, why would you not cancel E3? Because the biggest, the biggest up in the air side of all of this, and this is where I was want to talk about. This would kind of be the, the closing out, but I don't necessarily think that Sony, there, there's two different things that we can see about this. It could be that Sony is trying to uh, free the rest of next year up so that they can completely control their own media because there's two things that happen with, and I keep saying two things, but there's two things that happen with E3 very specifically. Of course, they do well and they get a lot of views, but they have to share every bit 
of their of their news time with the fact that right before them EA goes, uh, you know, and then Bethesda goes the day before, and then they get a day, and then they, Square what they gets what a they day. could do, which I thought I would be think would be really ballsy, is they could do a conference for, by themselves a month beforehand, put that, PSX before uh, E three, basically well, something they, similar. They could, or they could still stick with a normal PSX, which is more supposed to be fan oriented, right? And instead that's hold true, their yeah. own event. But that's what I'm saying is that I think what may be happening. It could be that they're gearing up to do a PS5 thing, or it which could. would be killer at E3. Do you not agree? It would, but here's the thing: like I said, you share the press with everybody. I know, but the thing so is, regardless, they'll think be about the this. first one to announce next gen consoles. Well, that that that'll well, be- would they? Microsoft moved to to Sunday. If Microsoft keeps Sunday and they announce the, the next Xbox, they'll be the first. That was one a very announce. slick move by Microsoft. I never put that together. Like it, it, that, that can actually corner them in a in a sense, yeah, and take that thunder away from them. I don't know if they would do that though, because well, look, all Sony's of these are, always gone last though. Even then, Sony's always been Monday night. Even not, Microsoft was Monday morning. Now, oh, Microsoft. Okay, I get moved what you're saying. I keep Sunday thinking. I keep had Sony in my head a Saturday for some reason. Yeah. No. So then, so yeah, so there would be no response. There couldn't be a response at E3. Oh, it wouldn't be that it's a response. It's still that you are sharing so much of this thing, and because of how E3 is, and there's so much news being pumped out, certain things, not everything, certain things get buried. Obviously, PS5 would not get. Buried. No, that would cost things to get buried. Exactly. But my point being, why even do that when instead of doing that and getting every bit of news out. Like you say, a month before, two months after, three months before, February, wherever the hell they decide they want to do it, if that's what they're doing, if, that's a big if, is the ability to completely control the news wave for that month or for that half of the year. Because essentially, let's say that they do it in February. I don't necessarily think they will, but let's say they have a PS5 event in February and then they come up, they do it. There's no other video game conferences that are going to happen from what we know of until E3. They will literally own PS5 will be the talk of town all For the way a, until that? E3 unless Four Microsoft months. does the same thing and goes, well, in April, we're going to have our own event. Then you still get two months of PS5 only, and then they do beat everybody out. And they did that last time. They beat, they beat Microsoft to revealing the console. Then they beat Microsoft to market. What they should have done, if they plan on this anytime soon, I'm gonna say I keep saying should have, like I'm a business partner. But what they could have done, I thought would have, that would be really cool, is that when Sony or Microsoft announced XO 2018 or whatever it's called, yes, or is that what it's called? XO 18, XO 18. Yeah. Um, but it would be really interesting to see Sony the day or two after that say, "Oh yeah, we have a uh, private meeting that's gonna be streamed behind closed doors. That's uh, that the whole world will see November." And it's like, oh. What is this? And then that could be the PS5 reveal. And it's like, Microsoft already had one. They can't just schedule another one in like a week. They can, but it's going to be very obvious. <laughs> It'd be very interesting well, to look, see. You could do those. They're like guerrilla tactics right there. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Um, but yeah like, regardless, so... I want to see them compete. I want to see it. I don't want there to be a monopoly like they're currently kind of Well, is. but Microsoft says they're, not, they're no longer interested in, in competing in, on that sense. Uh, so which, yeah, which pretty much throws the towel in for so the rest. So now, if anything, it'd be Sony competing with Nintendo. With Nintendo. Well, I'll say it this time around: Microsoft has the be- has best has I'm not going to say the best has great features of my and Sony has great games and one of those matters in a console. It's the great games, obviously. Well, I mean, or at least you could say that a majority of people agree with that because. Oh, I said I, that's my opinion. Well, yeah, but I think <laughs> even a majority of people would agree with that, considering the fact that more people bought Playstations. True, uh, but. The other side of if they're not doing the PS5 is just the fact that they still own the media. 
And that doesn't mean that they don't intend to have their own thing. Look, you can skip E3, and that's, that kind of shows a bulginess. We know what games they have coming out, and instead what they may do is use, utilize PSX to show something, be it PS5 or not. And See, they may actually have a PSX. We don't know that yet. See, here's the thing. We, we know that they're not going to be a PSX 2018. We know there's not going to be an E3 2019. We do not know anything of the fate of Paris Games Week 2019 for Sony, Gamescom 2019 for Sony. We don't know anything about the potential for a PSX for 2019. So as of right now, it's easy to look and see Excuse and me. go, Sony has no conferences lined up for next year, but we don't know that. The only one that we know they've backed out of is E3 and is PSX. E3 and PSX. Now, of course... It doesn't take a, lo- a, a leap of logic to go, well, if they're not going to be e- at E3, why would they suddenly be at Gamescom? They're, who knows? Who knows? It's, 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 it, especially around a console reveal or announcement, there are things that companies will do that make sense for them financially. Financially, that's not a word. Financially. And it'll make sense in terms of, con- like what you said, controlling the, how the news will output things. So there are reasons behind this that, that these, these people aren't dumb. These, these are well-executed moves. They, they wanted to save money for PSX or from PSX and save money from E3 because they know they're just going to keep showing what they have. So why waste money on it? That's why, another thing. And then- why waste money on it so then they could do their own maybe possible private thing or for even- PS5, which is what they did for PS4. That's what I'm saying. We, the precedent's there. Well, kind of. PS4 was announced at PSX, right? No, no PS4 was announced in February oh, like a board, 2013. A board meeting or something, wasn't it? It was in New York at the PlayStation Theater that PlayStation had recently bought prior, uh, and it was a complete tech talk. And I think that that's smart, right? Because here's the thing about either doing a, a console reveal, and I mean a real reveal, at, at either E3 or an event like PSX, is that inevitably the, con- the talk around console reveal is going to be very heavy about technology for the people that are going to be more worried about day one. Like, what features does it have? How much graphical output is it going to have? These are people like me and you who are more worried about the bleeding edge of console tech and what they can do. Yeah. Uh, so we want to see that. But the more general public who still tunes into things like PSX or E3 because they're game heavy... Whereas a console reveal is not normally game heavy, they'll show some stuff. Like uh, they showed um, tech demos. They showed some tech demos for different things at the PS4 reveal, um, and at the PS Vita reveal, they showed like a Monster Hunter running. Did they on. show the Kara tech demo at, the, at that one? The Kara? No, the Kara tech demo was uh, for Beyond. That was before Beyond. It was the tech demo that led into the engine for Beyond Two Souls. That's then right. Beyond happened. What they did that makes show sense, since it was, was two and a half years later. What they almost. did show was the dark. Uh, what was it called? It was like a skit by Quantic Dream with, with the old magician and it had the orc and it was really That's funny. what I'm thinking of, yeah. It was the old man and that was uh, the tech that led into the Detroit engine yeah. and technology. But yeah, no, that's what I mean is that those or those types of, of events are so driven by the technology side and like to the average consumer, I don't think that 8 gigabytes of DDR4 or DDR5 RAM and uh, 1.21 teraflops or whatever it is, you know what I mean? I don't think that those things mean anything no. to the average consumer, but they mean something when you have people who care about that and they can go, oh man, that's going to that, be a monster yeah, of a console. it gets those people excited about it because they know the tech. And then it helps the word of mouth too, right? For people like me and you who understand more, and not everything, but we understand yeah. more of what they're talking about up there when they talk about the tech side of what they're doing with a PS5. Our word of mouth can go out to people and go, well, look, you may not know what those numbers mean, but, it's good. but let me tell you right now that this is what a computer with similar tech can do. Can you imagine what they're doing on a machine that's optimized across the board with for only one uh, set of hardware instead of the ever-changeable PC hardware? Look at how amazing they might be able to make something. And when you do that, 
like I said, you can, you not only control the media, but you also control the, the tone of the event correctly. I don't think it really makes sense to announce a console at E3, and I don't think it, it makes sense. And they and see what's more funny, they used to do that at E3. They did. They, that's they what I was going to say. That's where time, and they were terrible E3s. Well, that's the problem that they were slow. And Microsoft sluggish. had in 2013, I think, of the E3 when they announced the DRM stuff, and then the same E3. That's when Sony uh, came dropped. out. Yeah, as Mike people dropped, call pretty it, much yeah. like you could trade your games in. Hey, yeah. he wants to borrow. He could borrow it. But what, what do you guys think? Like, why don't y'all let us know? We always yeah. say that world end. You, we love you for letting us know. Let everybody else let us know as well. Yeah, uh, and I mean, uh, obviously not the tech side. But do you think that Sony should have went to E three twenty fifteen or twenty nineteen anyway? Do you think that Saul is right? Should they have just done it and gone very small? Do you think that? And I kind of am in the mindset that they should have at least done a booth to show off the E three is like have. the gamer Super Bowl. I want to get excited for it. Yeah. We got our pizza. Our nipples out sometimes when, when games aren't announced. <laughs> I don't know why That's we true. did that. The nips. Go watch last year's E3, not this year, last year's E3. Hashtag free the nips, guys. We're That's, bringing not, that, that's not what that was. We're bringing that back. That's not what that was. That wasn't last year's. That, that was, uh, that's the, what I said the year before. Yeah, year before. It's 2017 E3. No, it was last year. We only done one. Don't you say technicalities. It was 2017. I mean, you're, you're right. It's okay. I am, but in you're like, mind. maybe. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. no, you can't get around it. Thank, All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bring in, bring back hashtag free the nips. I want y'all to do that. If there's an event of anything, I don't care what it is. Y'all, y'all pressure Saul. We want to peer pressure Saul into freeing Bloodborne 2. I already said Bloodborne 2. And you'll do it? Or Demon Souls. No matter when it comes? Remake. I, 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 okay. I feel you. I can't remember. It's been too long. I can't remember either, but that's okay. Let us know what you think about E3 and Sony skipping it. Hey, and if you want to give us your top five PlayStation 4 games of uh, the the whole generation, do it. I'd be interested to see what they are. You may tell me a game I, for some reason, never played, and I may go back and then have a new game for my list. And guess what? If you think Horizon sucks and there's been something else on the list, guess what? My list may be different next time. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It probably will, because I don't think prior to today that Horizon would have been on my list, but I'm over here thinking, I was like, Horizon's a good game. Let's put it on there. Let's go get some food. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Douglas Below, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino, and recently added, but not on here, I apologize, is Mr. Sean Santarude. Thank you. If you'd like to support us, the link is in the description below. Thank you.